the key for your life likely was present when you were six years old. There was something about you being six that had something in it that was like, this is who I am. And you knew it when you were six. And, and this is the key. And so can we commit to put our six-year-old self, which is really you, I mean, it's really your human mission, could it be the first priority relationship in your life? Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmet. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello and welcome back to the Art of Living Well podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Before we get into today's episode, we just have one favor to ask of you. If you are enjoying this show, particularly today's episode, if you wouldn't mind taking just two minutes, head over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a five-star rating and review. Doing so really helps us reach more people so that others can benefit from the information and inspiration and all the resources and amazing guests that we drop each week. So without further ado, happy Valentine's Day. And today's guest was perfectly timed to drop on this February 14th. Julie Pyatt, aka Srimati, is a mystic mother, a musician, an artist, a chef, an author, and a healer who has lived her life immersed in devotion and expansive creativity. She is a way shower of finding the divine in all life experiences. You're going to hear about many of her experiences and how her life has shown her that it is the ability to hold the divine perspective in all that life brings before you that allows for the deepest access to the meanings that life is waiting to reveal to us. Srimati is a powerful living example of how to love ourselves more so that we can live our unique design in full and expansive self-expression. I don't know if the words that I can articulate right now in this introduction will really do the conversation justice, so I'm going to keep it brief, but this is one episode you will not want to miss. In today's conversation, we talk about Srimati's relationship with her husband of over 20 years, Rich Roll, and how this has evolved and some of her biggest learnings and pivotal experiences from their partnership. Julie shares her favorite rituals and exercises that we can all do to deepen our relationships with not only our romantic partners, but also our children, which will really resonate with a lot of the parents out there. We dive into the evolution of the soul and how we are here to evolve and the role of the feminine as the eternal creator. And I love one of the areas we dive into that Julie discusses is the importance of understanding who you were at the age of six. Yes, the age of six, and why it's critical to love that child unconditionally and prioritize this relationship. We end the conversation talking a bit about Julie's latest business endeavor, Shrimu, which is a delicious high-end artisanal plant-based, not cheese, which when consumed will allow you to have a deeper connection with Mother Earth and all of nature. And let me tell you, Marnie and I have both enjoyed this cheese, and we've served it to friends, many of whom didn't even realize that it wasn't a, quote, regular dairy cheese. It's delicious. And there's so much intention that goes in to her creating not only the cheese itself, but the entire brand and mission. And you're going to want to experience it for yourself. So make sure after you listen to this conversation that you head over to their website and use the code livingwell 13 and that website is shrimu, S-R-I-M-U dot com. Use the code livingwell13 for a discount. And with that, let's jump right in to our beautiful and powerful conversation with the wonderful Julie Pyatt. We are so grateful to be able to share this conversation with you today. I know we've all tried a lot of ways to feel better after a night of drinks. I found something that actually works. It's a pre-alcohol probiotic from Zbiotics. Their probiotic was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. 
When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Pre-alcohol produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. This is a proactive solution that wards off feeling miserable the next day instead of a reactive approach like drinking electrolytes or eating greasy food. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before I drink, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on getting up early, doing my usual workouts, and I know that I'm not gonna feel sick. I can't even believe it, but Valentine's Day is fast approaching. Whether you have a Galentine's party or a date night, Zbiotics is the perfect match for your wine and chocolate pairing. Enhance your mornings with Zbiotics. Go to zbiotics.com slash A-O-L-W to get 15% off your first order when you use A-O-L-W at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, head to zbiotics.com slash A-O-L-W and use the code A-O-L-W at checkout for 15% off. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for coming on our show today. We are just very honored. We're both big fans of yours and thankful for our mutual friend who connected us. And we are just, we love all the work that you're doing. And we love how you just help people live authentically and connect to themselves and so much more. And we're excited for you to share all your wisdom with our listeners today. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm so honored to be here with you both. Great. Well, before we kind of dive in, one question we'd love to ask our guests is what is your one non-negotiable to start each day? <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, one non-negotiable is, um, is devotion, is uh, prayer and devotion. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. And how, I mean, just curious, like, is that something that you've always done or what have you noticed about this ritual that really, you know? Well, I mean, I'm definitely one of the um, sort of human uh, types that came in with the gene. Like, so for me, it's always been like, what's going on behind the human experience? Like what's really going on? Um, so I've always been like that and I've always been pushing that envelope. But for me, it's been um, a, a practice of presence of connecting with the one breath that is breathing all life and really um, making sure that my vessel, my mechanism, my heart is open for that. So I'm always open to her. I'm always listening to her. Mm -hmm. And, and it doesn't, I'm i I'm not a disciplined person, um, but I have a strong Saturn influence. So I'm a very powerful manifester, but nothing is the same for me ever. So it's all a flow like, you know, I, I think I dieted once in my life when I was living in France and I gained like more weight, like, <laughs> like it, when I was a smoker in my twenties and wanted to quit, I had to have a full pack of my uh, cigarettes of choice with me at all times. So mm -hmm. if you, if you give me a boundary, I'm going to break it. If you give me a rule, I'm, I'm never going to do it. Hmm. So I have to adjust life. So it's a very fluid thing. It's not like I don't set an alarm. I don't have like this program or this protocol. It's about being in tune with the moment and listening to that guidance. That must okay, have been what a beautiful way to kick this off, actually. <laughs> you are living so intrinsically. I was yeah. just thinking from a parent's perspective, that must have been a very oh. interesting, um, you must be a very interesting mom for your kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm a really good, good mom, a really amazing mom. Yeah. I would say I did mother one of the most um, creative, unconventional experiences of my life. Like I really gave it everything I had, but in a completely unconventional way. <laughs> It was awesome. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. We would love to hear your story in a nutshell and, you know, your personal journey. I know you're an artist and a chef and a musician and you live this beautiful and authentic life and you inspire others to do the same. And we would just love to hear about that a little bit. Well, thank you. Um, 
Well, we have a we have an issue. We have a time constraint, and um, I've been working on a memoir for years. Like it's already like eight hundred pages, and and it doesn't even have like all of my uh, mystical sort of experiences. So, I mean, in a nutshell, um, I have lived a lot of lifetimes already. I'm sixty one years old, um, and I've been married three times. I have four children of my own. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a spiritual guide of a community. Um, I'm like in, you know, I'm a musician. I've built homes. Um, I was a fashion designer in the '90s. So I mean, it's um, it's kind of like pick pick the area that we want to go down. Um, but as we are maybe dropping this episode around Valentine's Day, um, I have had a very interesting journey in love. Um, I'd say romantic love. And so I was raised in Alaska. I'm the youngest of five children. And so I had sort of no supervision, which maybe is in alignment with the fact that I was unable to be supervised, you know, as well. You know, like my mom, my mom just passed away December 5th, actually. Oh, she was 96 years old. Thank you so much. And it was a glorious exit. And I was at her bedside and she was looking into my eyes and it was a triumph, you know, because uh, uh, death is a rebirth. And, um, you know, I had a really beautiful mom. I had a really generous mom, um, not in the sense she was not an ideal mom, meaning running after me um, and necessarily considering what I needed. She gave me a lot of independence and she gave me a lot of generosity so she always wanted me to have the experience i wanted to have and maybe she just knew that i was you know uh notoriously independent and she couldn't you know do otherwise but um it was really 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 beautiful but so i was raised in alaska and um i did not have a good relationship with my father uh, although my father was present in my life for the entire time my parents were married like 66 years wow. um and my dad passed away i don't know eight years ago at the age of 92 something like that and i also was at his bedside and had this amazing resolution of our opposition happen during his death experience which was this just glorious experience but how that sort of presented in love for me was me knowing that i wasn't his preferred choice so um it was it was a personality thing and if you look at the vedic chart which vedic astrology is something called joytish which is a science of planetary alignment and so if you look at my joytish chart my vedic chart it shows in the design of the life print no possibility for a good relationship with my father and i wow. had a reading yeah it's it's profound if, if you haven't done it i actually have a source uh, a woman named Charlotte Benson, who has about five joytish titles. She's in her 70s. She is a treasure and she is doing readings. And so if you'd like me to share that oh, with your audience yes. and with you. Yes. I would love it. I mean, <laughs> yes. she's, I'm all about uh, this. I would love to. She's me amazing. Too. And she's, a, she's like, I call her a fairy godmother because she's highly practical, but she's reading the planetary positions. And so I actually had a reading with her mentor who was uh, a guru, a world authority named Chakrapani. He's no longer alive. Um, but he looked at my planets and he said, you have no possibility for a good relationship with your father. And I said, that's right. I don't. And he said to me, I know I'm looking at it. And then he said to me, your husband is a celebrity and a very slim area, like a very niche area and has to do with athletics and health and wellness. And I said, that's correct. And he said to me again, I know I'm looking at it. So from there, from what they can see in this alignment is quite extensive and, and even can see things about your relationships. So in my teens, I was really looking for this connection with my father and uh, had a lot of promiscuous sexual encounters as a young adolescent, really. And this was one of the greatest sort of uh, traumas of my life. It, it took me a long time to forgive myself for that. But it was sort of like, I was like, okay, the intimacy, I was looking for that depth and that depth was not there, you know, at all. So then later in my life, um, 
I had a, a relationship that was a karmic hell realm where I was uh, beaten and abused and preyed upon. Um, I was in my early 20s, and the hook for this was a result of me being a shadow musician. This individual was in the music business, and he was quite expressed as a manager, not as an artist. But because I had not yet embodied my musician, I projected this desire for this life, which is what entangled me in this uh, in this process. And it was a seven year about um, experience in my 20s. I got out of it when I was 28. And I, you know, I consider it a vital step in my mastery. Like it was a, it was a useful, um, not something I would wish on anyone. Um, and thank God that it ended and that I got out of it. But it was highly, highly informative, I would say. It taught me a lot. Um, so then after that relationship, um, I met the father of my two oldest boys. <clears throat> and we actually met on Valentine's Day during an interview. Um, and we were in love by the time breakfast was over. It was just... a a recognition, a knowing. I was still married to this monster. Um, I call him the monster lovingly, call him the monster. But, um, and that, that resulted in a 10 year relationship, uh, eight and a half years of the most creative, loving, expansive, joyous time. And I um, brought my two boys into the world during that time. And then that came to completion, as is the nature of my chart. Uh, my astrologer calls my chart blood, guts, and glory. Um, but it's not, it's not a light experience. Everything has a lot of layers to it. And so the boy's dad and I completed that relationship in a very conscious way. We might have been the OGs of conscious uncoupling. <laughs> uh, we didn't call it that. Uh, but it really was sort of driven as uh, by this foundation we had of eight and a half beautiful years and also these two boys that we loved more than life. So, um, so that was that experience. And then um, now I've been with Rich 25 years. So you can see these, these, uh, these are not small periods, you know. So you have the benefit of my age, of my <laughs> wisdom, of informing this life experience. But uh, when I met Rich, I also recognized him. I was kind of frustrated because he was just out of a short marriage and wanted to date someone in their 20s who didn't want to get married. And I was not going to date anyone seriously. And then I had a conversation with him and I knew he was a marrying. It was like that type of familiarity. Um, and then Rich has been, I've been with Rich for 25 years. 25 years. Wow. We're kind of like iconic. <laughs> so, and, uh, and then this relationship was um, this collision of opposites, this polarity, I call it polarity integration, where the way we put our foot on the earth is completely opposite. Even to the point I was born at 2.16 p.m., he was born at 2 a.m. So mm -hmm. we're, we're the opposite sides of life, right? And so um, love, uh, human love has been an exploration of layers of evolution. And, you know, at sort of the core of the whole illusion of romantic love, Beatrice, Beatrice Woods uh, once said, do you, do you know who she is, Beatrice Woods? I do not. Yeah. So she was a, a master's artist, ceramicist, and she was very good friends with Krishnamurti. Um, and they lived in Ojai, like in the same community. And there was a tape that was given me by uh, one of my therapists at one point, uh, who was not a good therapist, but he gave me this one tape. And it was her saying that the illusion of romance is, is, a, is a wonderful um, fantasy. And that if she could design the perfect man, it would be 11 slices of 11 different men blended into one. <laughs> and I think she lived to like 107 or something like that. Like she's quite, check her out, like her work is incredible. Um, so within this, I mean, you know, in this romantic 
um, illusion, you know, there's the also quote from Plato, which is, you know, human love is a serious mental disease. <laughs> so it's, um, it's, it's really interesting to contemplate that. And one of the things that I share a lot in my community, my spiritual community, Water Tiger, which I lead, um, is that, you know, you understand that everybody's perspective is unique. And so when you're in a relationship with another, we project and assume that the other is having the same relationship that we're having, but that's in fact not true at all. So there's two unique perspectives and you're inside your own perspective of, I would even say a universe, and then you're interacting with this other person and to assume that they're having the same experiences is illusion. It's, it's, it's not. It's not that. So, um, but what a beautiful opportunity to be in relationship as an experience of evolution, because it puts you, you know, up in front of mirrors and other qualities which require you to, you know, dig deeper than maybe we might if we were just sitting in meditation in our own life with, you know, only our own needs or, um, desires for life. Well, that is such a beautiful segue. And thank you for sharing your story um, into what I think Marnie and I really want to kind of dive into today. And I know you've talked about this, you and Rich have talked about this um, and cultivating conscious relationships. But, you know, I think for a lot of our listeners out there in that middle age range, and a lot of them have kids, not all of them, but you just can get to this point in your marriage where you're operating at a very transactional level because your kids and you're driving, you're just trying to get through the day and one or more, both of you are working. And all of a sudden you get to this point and you're like, does my spouse even know me anymore at an emotional level? Or maybe one person has done a lot of inner work and they've progressed to a certain degree. And I, I don't know, I just feel like this is such a topic that we could just kind of continue to peel back the layers today. And I would just welcome your thoughts based on all your wisdom and your experiences and what you've been really vocal and sharing about your current relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, like I just said, it's really a privilege and an honor to be in a relationship with another person because it provides this fuel. It's like a friction, like an alchemy that is really there. And so what I would say, first of all, is to recognize that. And then it's a matter of how dedicated or how willing are you to harness that fuel. And what I also would say to many of us who have, you know, it's like Rich and I over the holidays, we were just enjoying our children and just, it was just us. And, you know, they're all in a, in a place right now in a moment where they're very simpatico together and there's a lot of laughter and love. And everybody was just talking about how beautiful it is and how precious our family is. And, you know, I was sharing with him and he was sharing with me the privilege of having been together this many years. It's like a fine wine or an aged cheese. It's like you can't, it, and it doesn't really matter what something looks like on the surface. Like you could always find something, you know, in any case, prettier, better, younger, you know, stronger, like, I don't know, richer, what, whatever the thing is. But it's like no one, like there's not another human in the entire existence that has done what he and I have done together. And so, when you look at it that way and you have the feelings of alienation and the routine takes over or the heartbreak, um, different betrayals that happen in relationships. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, uh, betraying intimately, but I'm just talking about um, not considering your partner, not, not paying attention, not being present to them, whatever that is in my assessment in my case because now if you're in a relationship like my first serious relationship um you know i'm obviously not attached to staying with one person like i don't have a big narrative about that and if you look at my chart i'm not supposed to be with one person my whole life <laughs> like it's just not how i was made um and Yet in this situation, because I have this partner that we have evolved, we have gone through financial collapse, we've grown up together for 
you know, to a certain degree, we've created this life out of nothing that has influenced so many people that is actually, it's actually made a significant impact in the culture. So for me, and this is always driven by me, by the way, and Rich will say, so I'm talking to the sisters here. So, and I have a lot to say to the sisters right now. Um, it's always me that's like, you know, grabbing him and saying, you know, I'm coming in. Like, you're not going to, you know, get away or like sugarcoat this or, you know what I mean? Because for him, it's like, he's like, oh, it's cool. Like, let's not go too deep. You know, let's not. But for me, I'm like the only way, there is no way out. There's only through. Mm -hmm. And I think this is clear for life. And we had this discussion on his podcast. And if anybody listening, you could go listen to the most recent appearance that I had on his show where we sort of went deep into this. And, you know, there, there is no opting out. There is only through. And I, and I think it's like that in life. And so my goal with him or his goal with me isn't to keep this business arrangement of human love as a construct over us. Like you belong to me and I belong to you. And it's because we did this and we made these investments and we had these kids. And this means that this is the program that you're operating in. If you really look at the evolution of the soul, we're here to evolve. And everyone at the point of death, when you drop your body and when you're at that moment, all the little stuff goes away. It's the big stuff that matters. And I had the horrific, and most sacred experience of my boy's father dying tragically when they were 14, 15, 14 and 15. And um, the, the thing is, is that, you know, I talk a lot about time travel and the fact that as human beings at a multidimensional level, we're time beings. And that might sound really like, wait, you know, this is out of our wheelhouse because we're a health and wellness nutrition <laughs> podcast. But what I would just say is just close your eyes right now and just take your memory back to a relationship you had in college. And so the feelings are there. They, they never go away. And really we're traveling with our consciousness. This is why what's going on in our world right now is a war over consciousness there are forces that are trying to get our consciousness and keep it in fear in um, memories of armageddon which we do remember from past lifetimes and so the power is using your consciousness for the highest evolutionary experience and so as a soul and honoring rich and honoring me i have to again and again it's my choice to make the decision to view us as evolutionary bodies. Can I and, ask you a question about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so just thinking about everything you just said and thinking about how you said the two of you are like opposites, right? Polarity integration, I think you called it. So that's very much how I am with my husband, I would say. We're also like very opposite and where I very much, you know, believe and try and honor a lot of what you're saying right now. My husband, I would say, is the exact opposite mm -hmm. and doesn't necessarily think that way. And I'm just wondering how, and I don't know wh what Rich feels about that, obviously, but sometimes I wonder, like, as my soul evolves, and obviously my husband's soul is evolving too, but he's not conscious of it. And wouldn't even really engage in a conversation about it necessarily because it's so not within his realm of the way he thinks, I guess. I don't know how to say it. Like, how do you, how, do, how does that work? How do you apply that? How do you yeah. apply that? Yeah, it's a super good question. So, so oftentimes the feminine perspective is much more expanded than the masculine perspective. And it's not a better than, it's just a different. Let me share this one thing that, that was really helpful to me. So 
the feminine frequency at an existential level is eternally creating. She is an eternal creator, never stopping. So think of like Lakshmi with 29 arms. I mean, isn't that what we're all doing, sisters? Isn't that, I mean, isn't that why we want us in the control room of the spaceship or in control of everything? Like, isn't that, this is this moment. So I'm, I'm calling all of you because I'm counting on all of you to step forward. Um, it's, it's, it's a time for a new experience. And we love our masculine. Masculine and feminine are inside each one of us. So the feminine is eternally creating forever, for eternity, and she needs to be seen. She wants to be seen and she needs to be seen. The masculine is in the gap. He's in the stillness. He's in the emptiness. And no matter how much he loves her and adores her, when she comes into his field, he will cringe because she has disturbed his peace. And I know you guys are laughing because this, you guys know. And I mean, it was funny because when I first heard this wisdom and I said to Rich, I, I had said the word to Rich, I walk in the room and you cringe. And he's like, I did not. I'm like, you do, you did. You know, so, and then this was put this way, but the reason this is really helpful is to understand that it's not personal, that it's the orientation of the male. I mean, how many of us here, like, I just need to decompress. I need solace. I need the man cave. I need the moment. Right. And we're like, wait, wait, we need to process this. Like this is time, you know, and we're, and, and, you know, and they're telling us if you just would stop doing so many things, like life would be better, but you just you know, because for them, they, they don't understand it because they don't have this universal knowledge. So what I would say is that, again, going back is in my experience, it's probably going to be if you want an extraordinary relationship that goes deeper than what a human business relationship is. And I'll just call it that was suggested to me by one of my gurus. Um, he was talking to me about the nature of human love as a business arrangement. It says if you act this way, I will love you. And if you cease to act that way, I will take my love from you. But the sun, which is divine love, is simply shining on life with no cessation. Even when we don't see her, she's shining. And so there's no edit. She doesn't love the pepper tree more than the wheatgrass. It, it's, it's neutral, doesn't care. So that really, really affected me deeply at a certain juncture of my relationship with Rich. And I was able to release him to his life, understanding that in his present form, even if he was, let's say at the time, eating In-N-Out burgers and trays of donuts and uh, coffee with three ad shots, even in that moment, he is also God. If I am God, he is God, you are God. We're all emanations of God. So what I did, that teaching allowed me to release him to his life and to get out of wanting, dreaming, expecting, or desiring him to be anything other than he was. And it was that act that catalyzed our trajectory that we're on now. It was that, getting out of his energetic space. And he will tell you that, you know, first he didn't trust me. And then he realized that he was on his own. He had no one to push against because before it was like, well, her, she wants me to do that. And I'm not doing that. It was all this sort of dynamic. And then I just left the room, just left the building entirely in love, in love. Marnie and I are thrilled to share two new products that we've both been using daily for several months and are loving the results. Do you need better nutrition, improved energy or focus, but don't know how? Well, Energy Bit Spirulina Algae Tablets are your answer. They are effortless to take and organically grown. These bits of food are 100% spirulina, which is the most nutrient-dense, antioxidant-rich, high-protein food in the world. You just swallow or chew a few tablets each morning or whenever you are tired or hungry to improve your mitochondria, your energy, your gut health, focus, and reduce your hunger and cravings. They also replace the need for your caffeine. 
Energy bits are safe for the entire family and pets love them too. Maybe you wanna improve your gut health, support your detoxification, or add more green nutrition into your diet. Recovery Bits Chlorella tablets are the perfect solution. Recovery Bits USDA certified chlorella tablets are bits of food that strengthen your immune system, protect you from colds or viruses, remove toxins, speed recovery from a sports injury, and add vegetables and greens to your diet. This will help ensure that you're getting your greens on a daily basis. The Recovery Bits also help you enjoy better sleep when you take them before bed. I've noticed a big improvement in my sleep. I'm sleeping much more soundly, not waking up at night. And when I do wake up in the morning, I have so much energy and just feel really well rested. So if you're ready to supercharge your energy, health, and longevity, head on over to energybits.com. That's E-N-E-R-G-Y-B-I-T-S.com. Use the discount code LIVINGWELL for 20% off your entire order. And then he had been asking me for a cleanse. I had been trying to get him to do a cleanse for years. And then when I made that adjustment, he could feel I wasn't in his energetic. It wasn't just lip service. Like I was seriously not involved. So he said, um, babe, will you get me the cleanse? Like, I think I'm ready to do a cleanse. And I said, yeah, I will. And then something mind wiped me. Like, I swear, I never thought of it again. And it happened like six times. He was like, are you going to get me the cleanse? I was like, yeah, I'm going to. And then it would be gone. So finally, by the time I got it for him, he was really angry and like really ready. And that's how he became a vegan ultra athlete was that mechanism. So now let me go back to sort of answer your question, Marnie, a little bit better. So we have the power as feminine alchemists to, um, you can work with your husband's energy, not in his physical form. Meaning because you're married to him and you have the right, you can go into a meditation and speak to him on a other level. So you could do this by a series of writings, like one of the great techniques that we have is this core cutting relationship process, which means that you write down every way you feel about the certain issue, like write down like, you know, this is how I feel. And this is sort of the state of the union of the global stance and don't hold back. This is your own private journal. So you're going to write that down. Then you're going to write down what you regret, meaning, you know, like how you wish it had been. What are you grieving about the relationship? And again, very first person, like make it emotional, make it mean something to you. And then the third part would be you taking responsibility for your heart and then stating your desire of intention. Like, what is the dream of the relationship? Where, what is your dream of evolution for the relationship? And then you release it. You put it in the fire safely. Um, you could bury it. You could, I mean, fire is pretty amazing. So you could just release it in the fire. But then the last act is to release all attachment to the outcome. So you don't get to jump with a net. You never get to jump with a net. You have to jump knowing there might not be a net. And what I would do is then wait a couple weeks and see if things shift. And you can do this with uh, teenagers, you know, I mean, such a big trauma for the modern mother or, you know, the human mother, like how in the hell is this program that we give birth to these babies and it just takes everything in your power to care for them, nurture them, love them, you know, be there for them. And then they enter adolescence and they're like, you know, screw off. And you're like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. how is that a thing? You know? So this technique is really good for communicating with teenagers. So again, I know this is a health and wellness podcast. We are entering 2024 where we are going to remember that we are much more than a physical body and that these energetic things are half of the equation. And what they are is the systems, the protocols, all the people running around to listening to the people with the protocols. It's a masculine setup. Mm -hmm. 
and it is missing the mystery, the miracle, the mysticism, the intuition, and the magic of the feminine frequency. I mean, we know how to do this, but we've forgotten. And it's been by design, and now it's a new moment. And, um, and so this is a very powerful technique for anyone, even anyone, let's say you have super charged with like a very difficult relationship, difficult boss, like thoughts are things. Everything in creation begins with a thought. So what is going on in your internal space? Because that's what you are casting spells and dreaming into reality. So this is so interesting. So the exercise, or I'm calling it an exercise that you just mentioned, you do by yourself, correct? Yeah. When you're saying it's good for teenagers, you're saying as a parent who's having an issue with a teenager about you're writing about them and then burning it and see what happens. Is that, I just want to clarify that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's your own process and a really amazing Remember that people don't change. They can't find the courage to change when they're being judged. Mm. No, no one changes under judgment. Yeah. And so what do we really, what do we really want as mothers and also fathers? I, there's many men that are more femininely oriented. This, you know, we have feminine and masculine within each of us, but the one really powerful thing that I really needed to hear when I was going through a nine-year financial collapse is I trust you and I believe in you. That is power to your teenager to, you know, because you're in this turmoil and you're, you're dealing with opposing forces and, you know, it's hard to be a human on planet earth, especially during these times. I mean, it's been hard in the 1600s also, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's all relative, but um, what do we really need? We need the, we need that validation. And a lot of times when things are falling apart or you're going through what I call a dismantling, which is a sacred moment, it's a profound moment in your life. If you're being unraveled or you're on your knees, it is a profoundly sacred opportunity and you know to just understand that and use it use it use it for the evolution for the learning for the transformation is power this is so powerful i mean it's so i just can relate i'm like getting very emotional right now because of so much of what you said and what i'm going through in personal relationships i mean so many of the things that you said i was like it's just this control, I think, too. A lot of women try to control their children, their spouses, their home environments. And it's something I've been working on, trying to release the control for a while. But I just love this exercise. And I, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I've done burn letters before, but not, you know, just with one person in mind. I think it'll really, I think it's going to be very powerful. I know it'll be powerful. It is. But I it's, guess it's also easier just to say you're going to do these things than to actually, you know, like you were able to just release this control and all of a sudden Rich wants to do the cleanse and, you know, and you, he has to ask you multiple times <laughs> because you're just like, oh. Yeah, and I mean, the, the thing is, again is, I, you know, it was that moment where, you know, I don't, like I ski, so like, you know, when the 25th ski instructors tells you like how to lift your ski and you finally get it, it yeah. was like, I was primed. I had spent seven years talking to my girlfriends and I was so right and he was so wrong. I mean, clearly, like I was the yogi. Yeah. I was the one that was living. I healed myself of a cyst in my neck through food. I'm the one that did that first, you know? And then, so there were a lot of, it was tricky. It was hard to see. Because really, if you looked at it on an intellectual level, I, what I was offering him was a brighter life. But the mechanism was the, the attachment to what he did. I had to be okay with him being on his own trajectory and not in my field. And so I literally had to give it up um, many times. And, and that's been, uh, it's, a, it's a profound teaching because really uh, when we are... Uh, 
feeling unseen, which I know we do as a, as a collective. And, and for me, this is really up for me. I'm going through a complete change in my life, complete metamorphosis right now into something I, I am not yet. I'm like jello right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the key is seeing ourselves. And so another really potent practice is I have a photo of me when I'm six years old that is with me all the time. And because as mothers, like how many people have we raised, have we held, have we championed because we could see it in them, but they couldn't see it in themselves. And this goes to husbands, lovers, children, coworkers, entrepreneurs, community, you know, many, many, many people. This is I think the way the mother was showing up prior to this moment, prior to about two years ago, the form of mother is changing on this planet. Um, But when we're not seen, I ask us the question, have we been able to do that same mechanism for ourselves? Did you ever sit down and write to your six-year-old and really look at her like, you know, let's get over the oh, inner child, little child, which we can sort of brush away. But, you know, in Water Tiger, when I'm mentoring people spiritually, the key for your life likely was present when you were six years old. There was something about you being six that had something in it that was like, this is who I am. And you knew it when you were six. And, and this is the key. And so can we commit to put our six-year-old self, which is really you, I mean, it's really your human mission. Could it be the first priority relationship in your life before any child, before any husband, any career? And this is where I think the healing or the remembering of humanity lies because each one of us we we haven't met before this moment and i'm looking at you two on the screen each one of us is equally loved and celebrated in the eyes of creation there is no scale there is no oh you know the sun prefers marnie because you know of what she's done in her life or the sun prefers Julie Srimati. The sun prefers Stephanie. It doesn't. Guess what? It doesn't. And it doesn't even care if you're spiritual. It doesn't give a shit if you eat plant-based. It doesn't. It's not. That's not what it's doing. It, it, its job is, its function is unconditional love. Unconditional love. I'll say it three times, unconditional love. That's what it is. And so if we could take that and consider ourselves first, my experience is it starts to heal everything around. And maybe you don't have that like intrinsic need to be seen as much because you are seen by yourself. Exactly. I mean, you know, yes, I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to say the history of the feminine on this planet is horrific, horrifying. So what we are sitting with, you know, you guys, you know, sisters listening, you know, when we get emotional or something happens and it's like, you know, we're crying and then the masculine is like, why you're crying? Like, you know, the rock simply dropped from the you know, tree to the earth. But that's not what we're crying about. We're crying because we've been on this incarnational story for thousands of years. And we have memories of annihilation, genocide, rape, being burned at the stake, being silenced. I mean, if you look at history, even now, it's not that long ago we were even allowed to vote, you know. And my mom tried to raise me as an emancipated woman, you know, reading Cosmo. (laughs) Cosmo, what a great authority on freedom. Um, You know, so, but it's really bullshit. It's not even the truth. And so it is important that we, as women, as feminine embodies, 
that we at least acknowledge that the feminine frequency was ripped out of the spiritual history of our planet thousands of years ago. Um, we were eradicated from life. I mean, feel the immensity of that horror. It even and makes that, me think of like the witch trials when you're saying that. It, it's like exactly that. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly true. And I mean, re, uh, maybe last year, the the happy pair. Do you guys know the happy pair? I don't. Oh, you got, so. you got to no. have the happy pair on your podcast. Okay. So they're twins. They're very cute brothers. And they have a, a vegan Irish empire. And they've hmm. been, uh, they're delightful. They're very dear friends of Rich and mine. Um, Steve knows them. So Okay. Have them on. But anyway, so I was on with the, you know, the happy pair had me on their show and we got into one of these deep conversations that happens when someone asks me a question, but, um, and they said, Julie, you know, Julie dear, it's like you're being burnt. You would have been burned at the stake. And I said, no, you guys would have been burned at the stakes because you were saying to heal yourself with plants because that's about what it was. Right. You know, like if you said, if you turned a breech baby, you were burned as a witch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, that's why I say, you know, things were pretty intense before, you know, right now. Um, so, but, you know, I wanna share something with you about, about that perspective of being burned at the stake because in the last five years, I have become deeply acquainted with the fire as a ceremonial uh, life force. It is actually a living deity that carries messages across time and space. And, um, and it occurred to me after going deep into this uh, history of my, my own incarnations um, that they actually didn't get what they bargained for because when they burned us, there was a moment where we became the fire and we became more powerful. So they thought we'll burn them and kill them and extinguish them. But what we did is we evolved in a greater rebirth because the fire has the full Ouroboros, which is the snake eating the tail. So it's not only destruction, but it's the rebirth of life. So that was something that I gleaned a few years ago that I found very, very expansive. So getting back to the history, just understanding that's why um, you know, women weren't allowed to be priests and women weren't allowed to vote and women were, you know, um, locked up and, uh, and put in mental institutions for hysteria. I mean, if you wanted to go into it, it is a very, very brutal history. And now is a different moment. And so this is the moment where we're integrating these experiences to rise into being the benevolent leaders, the guides, the great mothers at, at, at a cosmic level of really guiding the culture in the way that is beneficial for the planet, for the animals, for, for ourselves, for our communities, and ultimately for our children. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about you, but if I'm, you know, if I got to be in the, you know, portal exit chamber, I'm, I want the mothers in there. I want the women that have alchemize magic out of nothing um, who are able to vision and see. And I also want the male protectors that understand who we are, that are guarding us. I don't think there's so many that really understand that level. I mean, we, not many of us really understand it at that level, mm -hmm. but the amazing thing is to understand um, from my cosmic perspective, which I live and experience other places, other spaces, um, this is a time unlike any other time in history. And there is not gonna be a third world, world war. There is not gonna be any of these fear programs, but what we are being required to do is to create this more beautiful world that we came to be a part of. And if you're listening to this podcast and if you happen to be alive on planet earth, this means you, it's not anyone else. There's not a guru coming with a wand that's going to make it all. We're, we're it. And if we're not it, then I don't know who is. And, you know, another thing to keep in mind is also, um, you know, there's this new movie that just came out 
um, called like you are what you eat. Yeah. Um, I saw that on Netflix like yeah, yesterday. Yeah. So it's important that we uh, understand, you know, the consequences of, of our actions. And by some accounts, there, there is no solution to it, even at this point. And what I hold for is this miraculous grace that uh, sort of upends anything that science could prove or science knew. Um, but that also means that we are responsible for our actions. We are there, you know, there is a connection and without being uh, judgmental, just being an invitation for all of us to deepen the ways which we commune with the earth, with our planet, with our animals. Um, it's just an invitation. Nobody's perfect. I mean, obviously we're, we're all collectively way far from perfection. <laughs> so, so we don't need to, you know, fight on Instagram about, you know, diet choices, but just in your own inner space, you know, how connected to you is the earth? Do you understand you are the earth? And um, it's an exciting time. It's actually an incredible time to be alive. I couldn't agree more. And so much of what you're saying, I'm just completed Zach Bush's journey of intrinsic health course. And it's so much of what you're saying mirrors what he is trying to do through his community as well. And I do think that there is this movement and this collective and that we're all ready or a lot of us are ready for it with the femininity and just, I, you know, everything you said, I don't need to belabor it all. Um, and, you know, I think as parents too, this provides, this conversation provides so much insight as to how and into how we parent and doing that inner child exercise and having that photo. It's, um, I think that can be really powerful for your mm -hmm. own healing and then also doing that for your children. So thank you for sharing all that. Absolutely. And I know, I feel like we could go on and on here, but we're running out of time. And I do want you to just talk a little bit about your latest business endeavor without like pivoting abruptly here. Mm -hmm. um, Shrimu and this beautiful, delicious, high-end artisanal plant-based cheeses. Um, and just share a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, it's easy. Um, Shrimu is uh, a global mission of awakening through the vehicle of food. And maybe after listening to me, you can understand how that might be. Um, but it's created with this intention um, of remembrance. And so it's an option. It's universal. It is one of the most delicious food substances um, to ever be created on planet earth. I know that's a lot. Oh my God. I just said that, but <laughs> I can't wait uh, to try it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of serious. Like I can say that cause I've served it for thousands of people. And even before I released it, um, I created over 400 plant-based recipes and published three cookbooks. Um, and I just cracked the code on plant-based cheese. And there's nothing artificial in it. It's not like, oh, I, I didn't try to make it taste like something else. Like I just created from this very childlike, pure feminine place. And, um, and so I call it the next evolution of cheese. It's primarily subscription-based. Uh, we recently moved our production facility and opened our first wine and cheese cafe in Memphis, Tennessee at Crosstown Concourse which is a future vertical community that houses healthcare, art, music, um, food, um, new education, uh, just all these beautiful, beautiful initiatives. Uh, and it is uh, boots on the ground uh, communing with a physical community there. Um, so Shreem is primarily subscription. So we deliver directly to your home or office. Um, you can freeze the wheels perfectly. It's an amazing sort of addition to up-level your recipes so you can make a five-star risotto or a five-star fettuccine um, simply by using the product. But it's not anything artificial. You're not, you know, you, you're just loved and nourished by this formulation. And so... Um, I invite you to become a part of our community and subscribe and then if you um, are resonating with the spiritual teachings and perspectives that I've given, I have a spiritual community called Water Tiger. And the reason it's called Water Tiger is to 
uh, point to the unique life print that each one of us has. So a tiger is not going to argue with a frog and tell the frog that it should be more like a tiger. So it's really the celebration of diversity. And these are living techniques and meditations that allow you to connect more deeply with who you are authentically, because that is going to be the blessing of the world as we each find what is that unique life print, I call it. Um, but there's not two of us that are the same in all of creation. So that's amazing. Well, I can't wait to try the cheese and check out the community. So is there one, we'll link it all up in the show notes, but is there one site that you would want to send people to, um, to connect with you? Well, if you're on Instagram, follow me at Srimati, which is S-R-I-M-A-T-I. Um, you can find the link to Srimu there. And then my website, juliepyatt.com. Great. Great. Oh, well, you have impressed so much wisdom on us today, Julie, and this insight from all your life's experiences. But for our listeners out there, if there were like one or two things that or a ritual or a practice that you would suggest for someone to help them on their journey um, from a practical standpoint, what would yeah, that be? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I guess the probably most profound transformative uh, technique that I could share is um, mirror gazing. And so I would create a safe space by a mirror and maybe low light would be nice like as the sun's gone down maybe about 7 p.m or something like that and sit in front of the mirror and gaze at the third eye center so it's this space between the eyebrows and you're going to gaze there with both of the eyes and then you're going to endeavor to keep your eyes open but they will water and eventually you'll have to you know blink but that's okay so just keep returning to your third eye and connect with your breath and observe what comes up. And this can be highly confronting. Um, you can experience a lot of emotion. Um, you might see things. You might see things from your history. You might see things from your lineage. But this practice is one of great transformation and this is what we're being called for right now. So we're, we're being called to move out of kindergarten and to move into the next level of commitment. Um, so it's quite profound. And again, just you could start with five minutes and it doesn't really take more than 10 minutes. It'll tap something. Um, mm -hmm. But I would do it, you know, as a committed practice. Now, if you're like me, I won't make a schedule, but... <laughs> Uh, create the desire within yourself and maybe try it for 21 days or maybe try it for 40 days and then journal and see what happens. So I think that getting clear with the looking at what is, looking at the mechanism that your soul is animating in this lifetime and clearing away whatever aversions you have to that mechanism, usually it's a negative self-talk, which is incessant. Like, I wish you were different. We don't know each other, but if we had lunch and I sat down with Stephanie and Marley, Marnie and I was like, you guys are okay, but I actually prefer something a little different. I don't think we would be having a subsequent lunch, probably. So uh, we can look at how we talk to ourselves and start to really get in touch with the fact that the body is miraculous. It is the self-sustainable ecosystem and that all of your organs are living entities. So if you're struggling from a health issue, communicating with the organ and loving it hmm. and interacting with it as a living form, these are all sort of portals that can be opened through this mirror practice. I love, I love this exercise and it, it's, it honestly sounds a little scary to me. So then I'm like, okay, I need to do this <laughs> just because it, I haven't ever done that before mirror gazing. So I want to try that. And I, I like think the we idea open it up to journal. our community, Marnie, yeah. and do a 21 day challenge. Like you said, cause Let's that could do be beneficial. It. Yeah. 
And I like the idea of journaling afterwards and kind of digging in to whatever happens during that time. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Um, and Julie, as we wrap up this conversation, one question we love to ask all of our guests is, what does the art of living well mean to you? I think the art of living well would uh, mean for me living in coherent alignment with the truth of my life print. So that would mean aligning with that which is resonant to my frequency and not engaging in anything that is outside of that or that is opposing to that or not in alignment with that. And so it takes a little bit of discovery of trying to identify who we are, meaning as, as a personality in, in this form, in the world of form, in this personality. That's beautiful. Oh. And it kind of gets back to that, the picture of the six-year-old or the seven-year-old self, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and before all the layers of a negative self-talk and trauma and everything else were put upon us in this lifetime. So well, and even trying to figure out what your life print is, like that mm -hmm. in itself is a quest, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's something that we do at, at, in Water Tiger. There's a, a lot of pointing to that of really self-discovery. And, you know, it's these moments of, of meditation and communion, but the challenges in my experience, um, we rarely enter a state of meditation. Like even with the apps and, you know, everything that everybody does, you know, that whole protocol, it's like um, the, my techniques are designed to drop you into the gap. So you might have a moment where you were like, oh, gone for a second. And th that's sort of the, that's where you receive the communication. It's super interesting that you said that because I think I've had like two of those moments in my however many years that I've been meditating for, but those moments were so profound, but I've struggled to get back to how I got there, if that makes sense. That's why it's not happening. Yeah. Because <laughs> the minute you grasp, it's not coming. Right. And the other thing is when these really amazing experiences happen in my experience, they come in the most strangest times when you wouldn't have planned it. You wouldn't have thought that they would be that way. And also when they arrive, they're completely natural. So there's nothing supernatural about it. Suddenly you're in another, in my case, I'm in another realm and there's nothing supernatural about it. It just feels completely normal. <laughs> so there's no use in chasing. Um, there's just the devotion to the one that is breathing all life. Lots to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Such a profound conversation, Julie. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having thank me. You it's so an much. Honor thank to you so much. With you both and share these precious moments of life. And so thank you for inviting me on. Thanks oh, for coming welcome. and have a wonderful day. You too. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.